Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. from Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world, the Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night. Hello, uglies, and welcome to our first official post-mortem episode of the Boulay Brothers' Dragula Season Five. <laughs> Not so good. As always, we're your hosts, the Queens of Darkness, Drachmorda and Swan Thula, the Boulay Brothers. And for the next 10 weeks of the Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night podcast, we will be going weekly and doing a post-mortem on each episode of the new season the day after they each air. What a treat. And this isn't really a recap kind of thing. This is more like a deep dive for the fans on each episode. What happens behind the scenes from our view, from the show's creators, all the magic and all the decisions and all the stuff that you don't really get to see that doesn't make it on the screen. Yes. If you love the show and you just want to know a little more from the people that actually know what happened there, you can tune in and we will give you whatever we can and whatever kind of tidbits we can without, you know, giving way too much. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do our best. But before we dive into episode one, the terror in the woods, Mm. let's talk about how crazy this Halloween season is because it is crazy with a capital C. Yeah, you had some terror in the woods yourself. (laughs) I had my own terror outside the woods. I really did. Yeah. I had a kind of serious injury. It landed me in the hospital for a couple of days and it was just sort of out of nowhere, completely unexpected. This is why we had to cancel the Denver gig. And I thought, okay, I'll for sure be recuperated by the time we get to Halloween weekend in Seattle, which was a fail, a total miscalculation. Which we didn't know until the last minute. Yeah. And I was kind of waiting to the point where I just couldn't wait any longer. And I'm like, maybe tomorrow I'll feel better. I'll feel stronger. And it just didn't happen. So we had to make the tough decision of also postponing the Seattle show, which will now become sort of like a Boulay Brothers Bloody Valentine show, which I'm excited about. I am too. The same cast is going to be there. I'm, I'm really happy that everyone could make it and their schedules would allow it. I do want to apologize to the fans because I know that that's something, of course, you would want to celebrate with the Boulay Brothers on Halloween weekend. And we were so excited to go back to Seattle because every time we've taken a tour show there, it just kills. And people could either get their tickets refunded or they can keep the tickets and come to the Valentine's Day show. But we absolutely love to travel to as many cities as we can around Halloween. So missing that was a nightmare. Missing Denver and Seattle. And we never yeah. miss shows. Like we I never, hate it. Yeah, so I know. Bad. Oh my God. We are really much like do or die. And if we put it on our plate, it's going to get done. Yeah. Hi, this podcast is a great example because we are now recording the night after our annual Los Angeles Halloween ball. Right. Which we were able to do, by the way, we were able to host that. That's like a huge nightclub event. We are on stage. We did not perform this year. Clearly we couldn't. But we were on stage to host it, but we were only on there for two segments. And if you were there, it was very controlled. You would see why it was possible. But we are also leaving in a few hours to go to New York 
because we're going to be on Good Morning America on Halloween morning to judge so their ins- costume contest. <laughs> oh, it's so insane. Yeah, but you know I- that again, we're just sitting there, so it's sort of yeah. like we're able to do it. But yeah, I just want fans to know that we hate that we missed it. Halloween is our favorite time to travel to as many cities as possible. Next year, we will absolutely make it up to them. A hundred percent. And I just kind of want to expand on what you said quickly, just so people understand the reason that the Seattle show and the Denver show were very different, especially the Seattle show, because Denver happened right after I got hurt, is I would have to be hosting a two hour show kind of constantly coming on and off the stage and really being engaged in the whole experience, which I love normally, but I just couldn't do it just physically. It was like my doctors were just like, absolutely not. So I was able to fulfill my duties as the high priestess of the Halloween ball and sit in a wonderful chair and judge people on Good Morning America. But it's very (laughs) controlled and it's a lot shorter and it's just a little bit easier on my body. Right. Well, I'm excited to do Good Morning America. That's going to be fun. I think we're going to be making more appearances like that around Halloween from now on. And I'm excited about it. Oh, Ian is not here this episode either. I want to give everyone a little bit of warning of that. Everything is insane for us during Halloween. Like everyone's working, everyone's doing their own thing and everyone's very busy and our schedules just did not work out for this one. But he will be back on the recap for episode two. Uh, and, you know, with us as normal going forward. Mama. <laughs> so just insert some mamas, a locker room joke. Yeah, some snaps. Something about an ogre. Pop your tongue. You're good. Yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be diving into episode one of the Belay Brothers Dragula season five. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. So once again, everybody, we are doing a little post-mortem on the Belay Brothers Dragula Season 5, Episode 1. I have been waiting (laughs) so long for people to see this. (laughs) Oh, my God, me too. We've been working on this for a long time. So I am excited that people have seen it. I'm excited that we get to dig into it and talk a little bit more about it. So we start off with the brand new cast getting dropped off in the middle of nowhere, in the woods, in the middle of the night. And it literally was. And it really was the middle of the night. And we filmed that night pretty much right up until the sun. We sure did. We were chasing the sun like vampires. It was like, we got to get out of here before the sun rises. And we did, but it, it took the better part of the whole night. So imagine you get cast on a show, you get flown out to LA, you get thrown in a van, driven... I mean, it was probably, I think it was two hours yeah, away I was say hour and a half, from the hours. set to where they were. And so they get dropped off in the woods. No explanation, no nothing. They're walking through the woods and all of a sudden people are jumping out of the woods and throwing shit on you and shocking <laughs> you. So and awesome. It was so, so 
amazing. Like a living horror movie for them, for real. I want to double down on that, too. We don't give them a heads up. Mm-mm. Like, you might think, like, oh, reality TV with little, like, you know, we handle them with kitten gloves and they get warned. Absolutely not. No. Like, we love to maintain the secrecy, the shroud of fear. And when they get pulled out there, it's like, I get out here? Yeah. Oh, okay, wow. You know, and they're just in the woods. And I just want to say for some people, oh, why are you tormenting these artists? This ain't the show for you. This is not the show for you. We love it. They love it. They know what they're getting into and they wouldn't come onto the show if they weren't into this sort of fun. Like I would love to do that, you know? (laughs) Jack, no one could have said it better. I know. And so, yeah. So I just kind of want to throw that out there in the first place. If you're not into that, there's so many other little shows where you can lip sync for your fucking life and get your little life. Go watch a cutie, nicey little sweet show somewhere (laughs) where you can feel safe in your bubble and don't watch our show. Really? (laughs) Let's do what we want. Um, Okay. So yes, there were Yetis with tape and people were jumping around and I really kind of like <laughs> was just giddy when they had to go through the water and not everybody did but a few well, of them some of the pa- yeah because you, <laughs> you could go two different ways and yeah some of them went through the water to me I think the two people that were the most terrified were Jarvis and Fantasia I think yeah Fantasia's face wow oh, I love her <laughs> she just trusted us and I know she was like <laughs> I just had a feeling in that moment she was like, did I what did I do the right thing? What are my life choices about? Yeah, totally. (laughs) But she was a trooper. She was like into it and laughing and you know, she went through the whole thing. There was one moment that I want to talk about, which people will see in the future. I'm not gonna explain why and spoil it. But there was that moment, and it was terrifying to me, when Cynthia kind of had that meltdown moment and she was, she screamed and she sort of fell on the ground and she was covered in blood. And I was like, Oh God. Like I was like, she's breaking. I was like, she can't hang, you know, maybe this is too intense for her because someone had thrown a bucket of blood on her right before that. And I thought, I don't know, maybe she feels like (laughs) humiliated or something and she's freaking out. Yeah. But as we were there and you didn't see this on the show, she proceeded to like scream and we're like, Oh my God. And I was like, should we cut? I'm like, no, I don't know what's going to happen. And then she sort of fell on the ground and did this like death scene. Like she was doing a scripted, it was very weird. It was an impromptu, totally like off the cuff death performance. And it was to the end where she was like literally, uh, uh, uh." and then she literally laid her head down and then she looked up and then she put her head back down again. I was like, is this this like a cartoon? Are you okay? And no one said anything. We were just like, Okay, let's move on to that. You know, it's just like, what happened? It does come up later. I don't want to spoil it. That was pretty terrifying. A great way to start the season. And And just let's talk about two seconds, the diversity of the cast. The cast are the stars. They are so amazing. It's a huge array of drag from every corner, all over the globe, all over the spectrum of kind of everything. Yeah. So I'm really proud and happy to present this group of competitors on a platform like this. And mostly because... Yes, they're diverse, but they're also incredibly talented. Everyone we cast has an equal chance of winning. So it wasn't just like, let's put some drag kings on there just so we can say we put drag kings on there, but we know they're going to flop because they're not even part of the scene. It wasn't like that. Like everyone on the show has the skills that can take them all the way to the top. And that's exciting to me because you know what I mean? It's like there's diversity for diversity's sake. And you're like, well, I checked off all the boxes and I put everybody in, but then they flop and they go home. And you know, what does that really do for anybody? I think it's important to put people on, 
that actually have a chance to win and that are strong in their skill set. So that's what we have this season. Absolutely. And it might not always be that way. Next season, there may be no drag kings or the, who knows what. You a whole know? season of drag kings. It could, I mean, it, if they're the best applicants, and that's what's going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's undisputable you know, Jarvis and Throb are so strong and so cut from Dragula's cloth. It's oh, yeah. insane. In such different ways, too. It's Definitely like really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So this jaunt through the woods was sort of our first fright feat. This right. is a test. It's not just us terrifying drag artists, because that's just part of it. Um, the other part is, like, this is a fright feat. You surpass this, you find your way through the woods and get to base camp, and then you have qualified for the next challenge. Right. And, and they all did. They all did, which, like I said, when that happened with Cynthia, I was like, do we have our first out? But they all won those Black Moon Cosmetics oh, packages, yeah. which to me, the reason that we did that, that was like thousands of dollars worth of makeup. And the reason that I wanted to do that was because not everybody comes from the same economic background, yeah. right? And so I'm like, I'm going to give you, this is my favorite makeup. Like I've talked about it before. I don't get money from them. They're not a sponsor. I just love their makeup. And I'm like, hey, give me 11 boxes of incredible makeup. And they were like, yeah, of course. But I love their makeup and I wanted everyone again to start off on even playing fields. So I'm like, you have incredible makeup of so many varieties. You can do whatever you want. So everyone starts off on an even playing field. Yeah. And they earned it, right? No, they really did. They really did. They finally got to that fire pit. Yeah. I think that's when the personalities really started to come in because they were together for the yeah. first time. I loved it because I thought sparks started to fly in a playful way, but they were definitely there. Right. Like Onyx was coming for Cynthia's like kitty cat wig and her little two piece. And yeah. Cynthia's clapping back about her Lady Gaga knockoff. And Satana's <laughs> asking the cunty questions based on first impression. Who's going to go home? And Throb's right. coming for Fantasia. And it was just like, okay, yes, we have a cast here. Yeah. And surprise. Surprising to me was Neo coming for Fantasia. <laughs> I first. know. I wasn't expecting that. Me because neither. we don't know. We've seen their audition tapes, but we don't know how they interact with one another. So this was our first time seeing that too. And it was very interesting. Yeah, it really was. I did think it was fun that they were sort of catty and, you know, a little backstagey with each other, but nothing went too deep, which I really appreciated that they got over yeah. it really fast. That's really kind of like the antithesis of the theme of everything lately, right? Like social media and just current climate. Yeah, like everybody is so dead serious yeah. about everything, but not yeah. in Dragula world. Yeah. In Dragula world, we're all cut a little bit different and like people are tougher. And I feel like that allows for playfulness and a little bit of cutting, but not a lot. It's in fun. Part of that too, is I think everyone on the cast is so diverse that it's sort of like, you know, again, we're all sort of on an even playing field, you know? And I yeah. mean, like no one's like, and everyone's kind of like an other, like a misfit in their own way. So they probably endured a little level of like, whatever, teasing and bullying and just feeling like, out so yeah. they're used to that feeling and but I now think you're that's with what, fellow free exactly darling that doesn't get you anywhere because that's everybody's <laughs> yeah, superpower there, there are people like that too and there's sometimes there's people like that that audition for the show i don't know if you've ever you know what i'm talking about where their personality is that they are alternative or weird or into gothy stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, I know of a contestant who auditioned for another show who comes exactly from that corner. And it's so like they're very defensive where they think they're the judge of what's weird or it's not pure enough or it's not goth enough or it's not weird as if somehow they have some kind of authority. I'm like, right. you just have issues and have never dealt with them. Yeah. You're like a protectionist. Like you own alternative culture or whatever it might be, witchcraft or like whatever it might be, you know, Bill. and it's so absurd. 
it's like you this is something you could actually connect with some of these people on because yeah. you know they're interested in, in other things too like you are so anyways just a little side note yeah and before we leave the woods and get to our brand new laboratory I do want to point out that JK really did have like a pretty respectable flesh wound like the, the injury was actually very real and I think it was completely self-inflicted it was him jumping around it really didn't have anything to do with like the tasing. Yeah, no one beat him up or no. anything. He literally was banging his. I saw him a couple of times, like jump, like leapfrogging we were, all over the place. Oh my god, I said hi. I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> Someone said somewhere they were like said something about how many times we say hi on the podcast, and I laughed. So I went back and listened to the episode. It was like a million. Oh, and no. Ian's the worst. That's Ian's. That He's is like, Ian's I mean, mark. Hi. That is the I mark mean, of hi, the devil. And yeah. I'm like, wow. We all started yeah. doing the hi. It's so really like, it's easy to adopt that stuff though from <laughs> each other. It totally. Is. Anyway, so yeah, JK was really injured. I hope that they'll share some stuff on social media because I think they're going to do more BTS this year, and I hope so because there's some nice gruesome if you're into that sort of medical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Medical porn. There'll be a little for you online this year. Totally. So we finally do get to our brand new laboratory. And why is it not the boudoir anymore? Like, why do we decide to change that? It's the laboratory. It's, it's short for with laboratory. The with the monsters. Like, it's short for okay, yeah. <laughs> I love her. I do too. I love her. I know. By that point, I don't know who I thought she was. Yeah, we're talking about Cynthia Doll. I quickly learned who she was and fell in love. <laughs> fell in love. Fell in love. Fell I in love. thought she was a completely kind of different person. Me too. I don't know what kind of illusions she was casting in her audition tape or when we the interviews. But like when she got on the set, I was like, oh, my God, this is someone. Well, like, so totally different, different, completely different and just fun all the time and on and snappy. Yeah, like, really fun. So the reason we changed the boudoir to the laboratory, and I think we might have talked about this in interviews before, but if no one caught it, I want to kind of go over it with us taking over as directors for the show for this new era. Right. This is chapter two of the Blade Brothers Dragula. I wanted to really simplify the message of the show. What is the show about? It's about these really incredible drag artists and them rising to the challenge and making and crafting these incredible looks, presenting them during the floor show. How do they make this stuff? And then doing insanely dangerous performative things. That's what the show is. Yeah. Crazy looks. How do they make it? Doing crazy things. Right. There and so you go. when they build their monster looks, they do it where monsters are made in the laboratory. In the laboratory, like right. Frankenstein. So I'm like, why are they in a boudoir? They're not laying around like, you know, smoking like, opium. We're in the boudoir getting ready. <laughs> Y'all are in the laboratory doing what yeah. you need to do. Yeah. So maybe the boudoir is still around somewhere in the castle. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Hey, you know what? We just stamped that. That's part of the. There you that's go. done. That's done. So, yeah, so we're in the laboratory. We don't spend a lot of time there this episode because, you know, it's a packed episode full of stuff. So they're making all their stuff. We're seeing a lot more creatives, which I'm happy. I love mm -hmm. to see how everybody makes their drag because it's so different. Some people make stuff from literally nothing. Orgotic, you can see on this episode, is like slapping together these just raw materials that you find materials on the side of the too. street yeah. and making them look really interesting. We spend a little time in there. They make their looks, and then we're on to... The brand new stage. Oh, yes. Before we get to the stage and how amazing it is, let's talk about our 
looks. Oh, yeah. Because I love sort of the challenge and like the vision of what is the promo look going to be for that season. Right. And we see it a million times for a year. So you got to love it. Right. One designer that we go back to over and over and over is someone that we've known for a million years. And we gave them their first fashion show at one of our old clubs, like way back in the day, is Venus Prototype. Right. And she does the most cutting edge, like super high end like rubber work and for not just the Boulay brothers because she made several of Many our, prom, of our like, things season she, five yeah. season four I can't remember if we did it for Titans or not but um, she makes a lot of the stuff that we wear but she's also done stuff for like Doja Cat and Megan the Stallion the Kardashians like yeah. she's fantastic and you'll never get her to make anything for you you can try <laughs> but it probably won't work I can barely get her to make something for me <laughs> She always comes through for us, but you know what I mean. She's, she stresses she, me out. Oh, she my is, God. She's the busy girl. Yes, that is a relationship we definitely have to tend. Yeah. But we love you, Venus. So we're unveiling the new stage. So what yeah. is this new stage? I want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Again, we're reinventing the show a little bit. Not drastically, but, it, you know, reskinning a little bit. It's chapter two. So what does chapter two mean to us? Again, we want to get back to what the show is, showing these incredible drag artists. And we said, we want to see more of their drag this year. We want to see the details. I want to see, because, you know, in the past, the way that the floor shows were cut, it is a little frantic. You don't get to see as much of the details. It was always a beautiful music video, but I don't know that you always got to see the details. And right, I think that I have to give props to our original director, Nathan Noyes, for bringing that style to the show, because I think it made the show stand out. He's so talented and i think it gave mm-hmm. the show an incredible flavor but for chapter two of the show we want to do something a little different and i want to put the focus back on the artist yeah part of that is also listening to the fans because mm-hmm. the, we're not the only ones that want to see all those details the drag artists aren't the only ones that want to share all those details but the fans want to see they want to see the nails they want to see the of shoes course. they want to see it in the round that's what the show is about they're here to compete and to build this drag and then showcase it. So I want the floor shows to be long. I want you to see all the details and I want you to see how they show, how they showcase that, right? Because a lot of times in the past, I also feel like because of the way it was cut, you couldn't see how confident they were. You know, were they able to walk on the runway? Could they serve the look? Because that matters. It came into our judgment a lot. And people don't know that. You yeah, know, you didn't we, get to see that at all. No. Like, can they take up the space? What is their stage presence like? Do you feel their confidence? Do you feel their fear? And yeah. you, you can definitely do that when it's live and happening right in front of you. And, you know, especially with us birthing out of the live place and a theatrical place, those are qualities that we look for in our next drag super monster. We want them to be able to perform live and we want them to be confident and be able to walk on stage. Yeah. So we decided to build a stage that would accommodate that, that would allow them to be featured. And one of our favorite parts of that is our cunty, cunty little turntable on the floor so that when each competitor is revealed, they can just stand there and pose and just serve and we do the work. We spin them around and it allows the cameras to really go in and show us all of that detail. Yeah. And I think it was very successful. I loved it. I love character first... creation screen that you're kind of going yeah. through and you can spin the model around. Like I just love it. Yeah. And so that was the first floor show of the season. 
I was very happy with this floor show. Me too. I thought the inspiration was like really cool and you could go in like a million different directions. And I'll be honest, I was a little like concerned with how the floor show might look without all the LED and the video and all the stuff like Mm -hmm. behind it. Because part of the decision to take that away was like, let's put the focus back on the drama of the drag. No distractions. No distractions. So spin them around. Let's see them walk. Let's see them kind of serve it. And then we sort of evolve into that kind of classic Dragula super cut kind of like music video. Floor when it gets show, really yeah. cool. Yeah. But let's do that all on our new sort of Dark Lord of the Sith, Dark Side of the Force fantasy of this stage. The black lacquer and all the red and the neons and the harsh shapes. Like it comes almost like right out of a page of our aesthetic, which I think is just perfect. Yeah. And so one of the things we did differently this year, we mentioned we directed the show. So what does that mean? That means we were with them. For the floor show. So the first time, and I was so happy to be able to do this. I, we took all of them as a group and I was like, all right, I'm going to show you this, the main stage. And we walked through, cause you can't see it. You have to walk through this whole area to get to it. And, and they like, were, yeah, they were so, I, it made me happy because I wanted to provide them with something fabulous, a place appropriate to showcase their art. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw their faces, they were like, bitch, oh I was like, God. yeah, I'm so happy. Yeah. And so you know, we walked them through everything this time. Again, I wanted everyone to be on fair ground. I'm like, this is what you're going to do. This is where you're going to walk. This is how many times you're going to walk. This is when your close up is happening. This is, I wanted them to know, to have all the information Mm -hmm. to be comfortable because I didn't want anyone to get up there. And especially some of these drag artists are new and haven't even been on stage much. And I don't want them to come on there and be like, well, I don't even know what's going on. Like no one told me anything. And now I'm like, what do I do? And so I just didn't want that to happen. So I don't want to go too far into that. But yeah, those are one of the changes that you'll see manifest on the show during the season, I think. Yeah. And we gave other pointers, too, because we know what it feels like to be on that stage and right. playing to a bunch of different cameras and look here and look there and don't look there. At first, I was like, I wonder how it's going to be directing them just sort of like outside of like Drakmorda and Swanthula, like just directors. But I think it was great. And I actually feel like we have a connection with this cast that's very unique compared to the other cast because we worked with them so closely every day. I think they know that we're on their team because we're there crawling around under them and saying, no, do this and face this camera and play to this camera. And here comes your close up. And I just wanted them to look great. Yeah. I wanted them to look and feel great. 100%. So let's go on. So the floor show is fantastic. We know that. We already judged that on the show, so we don't need to go into that. Let's talk about our guest judges. Yes, let's talk about our amazing guest judges. Perfect guest judges for the opener of the season to me. So Mike Flanagan, if you don't know who Mike Flanagan is, he's an incredible director. He directs tons of scripted shows on Netflix. He does The Haunting of Hill House. The Haunting of Bly Manor. Bly Manor. He, he just, just did The Fall of the House of Usher, which is great. Which, which we, we actually see before yeah. it came out. We watched it with him and it was fantastic. And obviously, Felissa Rose. Hi. Terror in the... <laughs> hi. Did hi again. Hi. Terror in the <laughs> Woods. You have to have Felissa Rose as a guest judge. And interestingly, one thing, this is a little behind the scenes tea that I want to share. So you all know that we were obsessed with Yellow Jackets when it was coming out. And so Tani Cypress was supposed to be a guest judge on the first episode, which I was so thrilled for because I'm such a fan of everyone on that show and her specifically. I was so excited. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to say it. She bailed on us the morning of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to kind of put it out there. We were filming during the writer's strike, the actor strike. All those things started to manifest and happen while we were filming. So 
it fucked up quite a bit. Yeah, it was a very precarious, and, and it still is because the actors haven't the actor, haven't come yeah. to an agreement yet. It's been very strange in Hollywood. I kind of want to say that this is kind of personal, but we always do like a huge premiere party for the show, and we were not able to do a premiere party this year for that reason because there's so many strikes happening, and it, it just seems very unsupportive to do a. a gala like that and to invite actors and people that work in the industry it's not in good taste it's not not in good taste so i hate that we weren't able to do a premiere with our competitors but i think there's going to be more opportunities to do different things with them that we haven't been able to do with other casts coming up so yeah very cool and definitely something to look forward to we're going to take a quick break and we will be picking up with everything right after these messages Welcome back, Uglies. It's now time to talk about some of our favorites and maybe some of our least favorites from the Terror in the Woods Challenge. Yeah, so we have Mike Flanagan and Felissa Rose again, perfect judges to have on this Terror in the Woods adventure. I love the floor show overall. Me too. Right? But obviously we had our favorites and our least favorites and Mm -hmm. all that. Onyx came close to the bottom, not because of their look, because their look was actually really tight it was cool yeah i liked it and i hope that came across in the way that the judgment was edited and it stuff. never does it's hard but i think the thrust of the messaging is would you have been able to tell that this is like a terror in the woods challenge right. and the puppet although it was amazing i'm like how do we connect these worlds? it was like fantasy it was like fairy tale yeah it was fairy tale yeah. and it confused me off the bat because i was like wait who is this because first episode they're told specifically show us who you are as a drag artist in this look this is the premiere this is the yeah. first episode. episode one who are you you're grimace you wear purple got it you know what <laughs> i mean like who are you as a drag artist yeah and i was confused because i saw the promo which was very showgirl and a hot look but then there was this Lady Gaga thing with the caution tape and all. Mm-hmm. And then there was like, oh, wait, I'm like Victoria Black. I'm like, who is this person? You know what I mean? Like, especially when it starts with like 11 people. Yeah. You got to stand out and define who you are. So that confused me. But I thought the look was really good just for a different challenge. Yeah. Really good details. And no, the puppet I, was incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there were some standouts. Orgotic was definitely one for me. And I think I said so as much from the judges booth. Just a really interesting perspective and interpretation of the challenge. And I love this because I think oftentimes those types of unique perspectives come from our international competitors because yeah. their culture is different. The resources and just like the pool of like their inspiration is like totally different. So I love like this weird insectoid mutant kind of like, like forest. Crazy. Or, yeah. It's yeah. very different than what your interpretation here would be. And I loved it. I thought it was really interesting. Now, one person I thought like barely scraped by, by the skin of their teeth was Jarvis because the pilgrim, whatever it was like the messaging on the t-shirt and just like there was a huge disconnect as to what does this have to do with the woods yeah the message is great that's hard right when you have these artists you're like oh my god i love this look i love their makeup application i love the way they age the outfit and all but it just was a miss for the challenge i do think sometimes people overthink the challenges or overcomplicate them to stand out when it's like again the challenge is like mcdonald's land 
be the hamburglar. And just a, be a good hamburger. A great example would be what Blackberry chose to do and yeah. did it really well. Yeah. I mean, this told the story of like on so many levels, like the entire outfit, everything we saw on stage projected the woods. Why am I all obsessed with McDonald's? I don't eat at McDonald's. You know what it is? <laughs> you know what it is? is because night... last night we had seven chicken McNuggets <laughs> show up in full costume That's what at our Halloween ball. The looks were absolutely incredible. Like we were getting into drag in the green rooms downstairs and they were like, oh my God, look at this. I'm like, it's Ronald. And there's like, I thought it was six at first, but it was actually a seven pack of <laughs> eight foot tall chicken nuggets. And they all had like different accessories and like characters. It was so the house genius. Of Avalon, it was the house of Avalon. Our friends of ours who had been at the Halloween party with us forever. They came up with this group costume. It was incredible. If you can find pictures online, go visit it. Cause it's amazing. But yes, everything's McDonald's. Today. Yeah. They have their own show on wow presents plus two, which is really cool. And like Hunter puts them all together and like Gigi good is in there and Simone is in there. And yeah. I love, and just I squeal because I'm like they're part of that nugget crew and it was just so funny I couldn't talk to the only person I talked to last night was Caleb because everyone was in these McNugget outfits and I couldn't <laughs> tell who was who and then I thought they were dead because they got out of the costumes and the costumes were just sitting in the booth and I was like are they okay they're just, they look sad and they're like they're not in them they're just there. anyway yeah off subject so anybody else stood out I mean we talked about all this on the show yeah Let's talk about the extermination. Mm. Actually, before we get to the extermination, let's just talk about how cool Neo's look was. Yeah. Because this is just exciting to see. Again, like what Drax said a few minutes ago, backing up. This is episode one, the first challenge. This is your opportunity to not only tell us and scream it from the rafters exactly who you are, but show us what you're capable of, the yeah. caliber of what you could bring to this show. And I just thought Neo really rose to the occasion. I do too. Obviously and, they won. Yeah. And you know me, like I love glamour and gore and fantasy and fear. And it just wrapped everything that I love into one look. And Mike was really impressed by yeah. it. So it was really deserved. And I was very happy for them. I think as close, very, very, very close was Blackberry. Mm. I thought Blackberry's look was fantastic. And it was just like a fun, again, this is her showing us her drag. It was more straightforward. It was more comedic and it was fun, yeah. you know? And I said, okay, terror in the woods. That was exactly terror yeah. in the woods, an interpretation of that. And we haven't had a lot of competitors that come from sort of like that corner. And I'm not trying to put Blackberry in a corner, but where it's like, it's comedy and fun and like that a little vivaciousness and campy, which absolutely has a huge place in Dragula. Like, How did hi, my line get cut? Hi, we love camp. Hi, no. <laughs> My line got cut, a camp, camp. That was perfect. Yeah, I think I stole it from you. <laughs> oh, that's right. Ugh. Anyways, um, any other okay. standouts? Or we got, we got the floor show covered. Let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about the extermination. Okay, so the extermination was you had to hike five miles at night up to this abandoned area where there was like an abandoned bridge. It was crumbled. There was only a chunk of it left. And bungee jump off of it. And then, of course, you had to hike back down. Now, I want to talk about this because I don't think the cut does it justice again we're directing the show that means we're there that Hi. means we hiked the entire way up into the woods experienced the whole thing and hiked right back down again right before the sun came up because it took all night to hike yeah. that far it was a long time we went up there and did the whole thing what i don't think did it justice and i don't know why i almost want to share clips because i took some extra clips with a, another camera person the water yeah the water that we had to go through. So for viewers at home, 
I don't know why they didn't include it. The water came up to your waist and higher sometimes. And it was like, how many times did we cross water? Like 10 times or something? It was six crossings up and six crossings back because you took exactly the same path. And, and some of them were shallower than others, but some of them got really rocky yeah. and very strong. And that's why those ropes were there and high. You have to picture, high. I know. Those ropes were there. All of the camera ops, <laughs> Drac and I and JK and Satana had to do that all the way up for a couple of hours jump off the bridge to nowhere and hike all the way back down. It is my favorite thing. To do. I love being in that position, leading the team, being behind it, crawling around and everything and just getting the footage. Like I love that gritty reality of it. It's and so fun to create. Pushing people off of bridges. So fun. I didn't push anybody. <laughs> they chose to jump. Yes. Yes, they did. And you know what? They both did. I mean, there were emotions swirling that we kept off camera, but at the top, Right before the jumps were kind of going to happen. I feel like that's when you really got the reality sunk in. Personally, even I had a moment where I walked over to the edge by myself and I looked down and I was like, fuck, this is really high. Like, someone okay, can- <laughs> I had a moment. I had Wait, a are moment. Are we doing the right thing here? <laughs> I had a moment where I was standing on the bridge and it's when Satana was about to jump backwards. And I, she was bouncing you know about and i literally i swear i'm not kidding you i almost grabbed her because i'm like no i can't i just couldn't i know her you know i'm a fan of hers and to just see her throw her body backwards because that backwards i didn't know that was gonna (laughs) happen it's one thing to close your eyes and just go forward which already sucks because it's at night bungee jumping at night is terrifying and the bridge aspect of it too because you i mean you just have to trust that trajectory that's the what momentum, I mean. and like you're not going to bang up underneath the underside of some girder or something yeah so when she jumped off it took everything to not grab her but i didn't yeah the scream little known fact the scream that you hear in the cut is actually drac <laughs> so you know what she survived and she came back like very woken up mm-hmm. you know i don't know i always feel like these exterminations really serve their purpose in terms of like waking you up more so showing you that you can do anything. You yeah. think you can't do it. You're afraid, but then you do it. And then you come out a different person. And I yeah. think that that's why the exterminations are successful in a competition format. Right. So having both of the competitors that remain for extermination actually complete what I think is probably one of the most difficult exterminations that we've created. Because it wasn't just the jump. It's the two or three hours hiking up in there, which was treacherous on its own. But just thinking about what is going to happen once you get there. Yeah. But they both do it. So it was a tough choice for us. But I think it was clear for a variety of reasons, but we had two marshmallow looks and JK's. When you really just look at the look, even though we respect like this kind of like punk Brooklyn aesthetic compared to the level that everyone else was performing on, this look was just not as strong. You know, I hate sending someone home first. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I did not want to send JK home first, but it is what it is. Like the truth is the craftsmanship in the room was so high. And when you compare the craftsmanship of JK's first look to everybody else, it just wasn't up to par. The concept was there. Yeah. And I actually think he served it very well. That's like, I think JK is such an incredible artist. And I was so excited to see what they, you know, to mm-hmm. bring that raw, A lot of raw, raw talent. Kind of, yes. Yeah. I was really disappointed, but somebody has to go home first. They always do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is what it is. I don't think you've seen the last of JK because. 
they're an incredibly talented artist. I would like to do more stuff with them in the future. So, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Well, we have reached the end of this episode of Creatures of the Night. We're done with our first postmortem of the season, and we've talked plenty about how we feel, but feel free to write in and let us know how you feel. We'd love to get some feedback. Yeah, we'll be answering your listener questions from week to week. So if you have any questions about episode one or anything you want to know more about or things that we maybe didn't talk about that you would like us to, definitely send your questions to us at creatures at bluebrothersdragula.com, and we'll answer it if we can. And just a reminder, we are going to be back in one week's time. For episode two. (laughs) See you then, uglies. The Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night is hosted by the Boulay Brothers with their co-host and producer, Ian DeVogler. Engineered and mixed by Carlos Bueno with music by Neuron Spectre. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.